The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is trying to redefine her relationship with her sister. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are definitely not. We are not professionals. We are not accredited or trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit as a supplement, if you will. Uh, to your other mental health practices. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, so it's the first episode of the week, so we're going to start with a quick check-in topic before diving into this episode's letter. The check-in topic is inspired by something I saw on the internet per usual. <laughs> that. I think it was a post on um, maybe queer sex therapy, but I'm not uh, doing my homework and checking right now um, because I just remembered the idea of it. It was state. It was arguing that 
healthy communication skills were or are a form of generational wealth. And Mm. that gave me pause. Um, I have mixed feelings about that idea, um, both like positive and not so positive. Just the idea that, you know, the ability to communicate in a healthy way, to process your emotions, to give yourself the opportunity to have a response instead of an emotional reaction, you know, the skills of listening and, and articulation that as a form of generational wealth, because I I think the argument that they were making was that that gets, that gets handed down from generation to generation. You know, there's a reason why all these Mm -hmm. parenting accounts these days talk about being generation, generational cycle breakers, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that idea to the podcast and sort of respond to it. Um, Again, it's not mine, and I don't know whose it is. (laughs) I tried to Google it, but... um, Uh uh, Yeah, so I'll I'll just start. My initial reaction, I first, I felt a little adverse to it because I think when I think of generational wealth, it means something very specific to me. Um, And we're talking about, like, you know, the, the... access to resources and opportunities that things like money provide you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. The sense of security yep. and opportunity that provides you. I did I did Google generational wealth to be like, what are we what are we talking about when we use that phrase, um, that mm-hmm. placeholder of language? And the internet tells me it refers to any assets passed down by one generation of a family to another. So the poet in me, I, I can see a way in which we can look at the word assets and be like, well, what are you truly passing down? You know, are mm-hmm. you passing down um, health? Are you passing down um, financial stability? Are you passing down property? Are you passing down trauma? You know, that's where the mm-hmm. poet in me is. <laughs> the poet in me sees how that can be a sort of a flexible thing. And also, yep. I definitely had that first reaction of like, me, do we want to talk about generational wealth in a way that isn't just calling it exactly what it is? Because it is such a gatekeeper um, in a way, you know, like money, money, you can't really like argue that it's not primarily that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know. And I, I'm sure that whoever posted this, like, was thinking about this in terms of, like, passing on something of value yeah, to your poetically. children. But I, I do think that, like, yeah, absolutely. But, like, generational wealth, I think, is really tied up in, like, systems of capitalism yeah. and racism and the history in the United States of, like, slavery and displacement Redlining. and genocide, right? Like, there's, like, people have generational wealth for really specific reasons, which are often bad, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are coming We're from places of, like, that are not good. bad. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, And of course, like naming this as somebody who has had access to general wealth or generational wealth because of the color of my skin and all of that. Right. Like, so I don't want the idea of like passing on healthy communication styles to be tied to this like thing of like money hoarding that is also currently happening. That's like some people deserve to pass on wealth to other people and some people don't just because of all of the different reasons that we've already talked about. Um, And I also like, I don't like the idea of communication or like health being something that you accrue 
and amass for yourself, right? And like, keep forever because it's not like you. It's not like if I had healthy communication skills, that the baby yeah. I pop out is going to have that. Absolutely, and it's it's like just because you have learned a particular way that works for you in terms of how you communicate and how you process through things doesn't mean that it's like the only or best way. And that like in 20 years, when your child is 20 years old, we might learn that actually some of the ways that we handled things before were actually really harmful, right? Like the idea that it's like something that we sort of like put in our bank accounts and it just continues to grow over time. It's like, takes the nuance out of the idea that like we all have different things to learn and that we all have to find ways to shift and adapt how we communicate based on what we're learning about ourselves and the people around us. And, and, and I, I don't like the idea that we just kind of like hoard it or like keep it and yeah. then only pass it to our children or the people who are like directly in line yeah. from us. Like, I really what love does it look like to think about like critique. communication styles as more like, mutual aid, right? Like how do we support each other in learning and adapting and holding each other in ways that, that are helpful rather than like only being concerned with, am I passing on the right communication styles to my children? I'm also thinking about it from the point of view, point of view of of being a parent right now, like two things come to mind. Um, I can communicate to my child as um, in 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 as healthy of a way as I possibly can, and I'm still going to snap. I'm still going to have a reaction that I don't sort of agree. You know that I'm not proud of. Um, and more than that, more than that, my child is like I can hand my child all of those skills, and they're the ones that have to learn how to wield them. Do you know what I mean? Um, communication. I, I think where this um, idea of communication as generational wealth, as much as I love it, I love the idea that you're giving your child this huge gift is, I think, the sentiment they're trying to get across. Um, it's also, I think it's setting ourselves up for the fallacy that is so much of human relationships, the idea that if I do X, Y, and Z, it's going to equal this. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to pass that threshold. I'm never going to get into an argument again. I'm never going to feel this way again. You know what I mean? And you can you can t- speak respectfully and with boundaries and gentleness and and honesty and and you know you can you can mirror all of those good healthy communication experiences for your child and they're still going to have to walk out into the world and talk to people who have different communication styles than they will (laughs) and they're still going to have to learn what it feels like to be honest even though you know that person doesn't you know want to hear what you have to say or whatnot like I don't I'm thinking about it now in terms of not that it's a bad sentiment although I think all of our critiques are valid but that it almost sets the parent up um you can't like, I can't produce a perfectly healed child, no matter how healed <laughs> I am. You know what I mean? For sure. That's right. Um, yep. Cause you're going to do something that you think is good in this moment. And that like has a repercussion that you're not expecting. Cause yeah. that's what life is. And even if <laughs> like, I'm wholly good, like what if I magically make every correct decision? That child is still in their own body, in their own world experiencing, you know, I don't know. I love the, I do love the idea of 
you know, when I became a parent last year, I, all of a sudden you really realize the weight of your own healing that like you, I am working on myself now so that I don't put what my parents put on me on my child. Like I'm, I'm doing that, that. for her, you know? So I do really love yep. the idea that we see this sort of, Oh my God, to steal another economic term, like a trickle down <laughs> effect of healing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? But also that is, it's never going to include the, 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 the amass diversity of the human experience and, 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 because it, it's thinking about things linearly. It's thinking about like healing as yeah. savings and not yeah. an ongoing process of existing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all of those things. And and I, I do appreciate the idea of like, of keeping in mind that like our own healing also benefits those around us, right? Like, I think that that's, that's wonderful. Um, and I really enjoyed that sentiment. I, I, and so I'd love to think about how we can do that in a way that is about not just like my direct descendants, but also about like, how is my, how is taking care of myself and understanding my own stuff actually serving me to be more and better independent or interdependent with others around me, not just like the children that I have. I mean, obviously that's really important and, and you spend the most time with your child. So like, I totally get that, but it's also about like, how are you doing that in relationship with everyone around you? And not just like the person who's like the next in line in my like family. (laughs) Another thing that comes to mind is just thinking about the, you know, the lesson to take from this is for me and my personality type is it's worth it to work on your own healing because of the ripple effect, you know, for somebody who's a people pleaser, for somebody who often uh, tamps down my my own issues to focus on other people because in, in like a dysfunctional way, in a codependent way, it's beneficial for everyone, for each of us to claim our own shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's beneficial <laughs> yeah. for everyone for me to work on my healing um, mm-hmm. because of how it it ripples from one person to another. For sure. Don't love that ripple metaphor, but I'm just going to go with it because go it's a it. check-in topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for giving me your thoughts on that. Um, I was excited to hear how you felt about it. All right. Uh, cool. So let's dive into today's letter. All right. This letter comes from Boundaries Land, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from The Void. Hi, Sam, Sierra, and Spencer, longtime listener of the pod here, and I can confidently say that hearing y'all answer letters each week makes my life so much better. I'm writing in about a really difficult and complex problem that often feels really sticky to tackle, family. For context, my family is a bit of a mess. I am the youngest of three siblings. My siblings are significantly years apart in age from me. When I was born, my mother took on a motherly role and helped my mom raise me. She was in high school at the time because my father worked so much. 
Since I was born, she has been a huge part of my life. When I was younger, she felt a lot more like a parent than a sister. It was difficult for us to transition our relationship to being friends as adults, and I personally think it was harder for her to see me grow into an individual person that didn't necessarily need her in the same ways that I did as a child. Especially when I went away to college, there was a lot of friction between us because I was making decisions for myself for the first time, a lot of which she didn't necessarily agree with. We have a narcissistic parents and have leaned on each other a lot throughout the years for support. And I think a lot of our relationship is based around giving each other the care and love that this parent didn't provide for us. So here's where my dilemma comes in. I am ready for our relationship to change. Since forever, we've talked and texted throughout the day. And I recently got married and went away on my honeymoon where I didn't have cell service. I... I felt relieved to have so much needed space around our communication and its frequency. Not because I don't love her or want to talk with her, but because I find texting and talking constantly exhausting. Especially now, she is single and recently embarked on a fertility journey. I will be an aunt soon, which is very exciting, but also, as horrible as this is to say, scary because I feel that she will be relying on me even more for support since she has chosen to take this journey by herself and without a partner. I struggle with boundaries in general, but I feel like especially with her, since when I slow down my responses or don't have much to say, she'll ask me if something is wrong. And the reality is something isn't necessarily wrong. I just don't know how to tell her that I don't want to talk all the time without hurting her feelings. As someone who is already very anxious, this is giving me a lot of stress and making me feel like not only a bad sibling, but also a bad person. I would really appreciate any advice you two have to give on setting boundaries in ways that are effective, but don't cause so much hurt. And really, any insight on this would be beneficial. Even writing this out really helped. Thank you. Much love. Boundaries. Okay, my darling boundaries, thank you so much for writing and for listening and for trusting us with this letter. I am so grateful to answer it. You know, I think um, speaking of cycle breaking, you know, I think changing the established pattern of a relationship such as this, one that has been, you know, really core to your development and has been there from the beginning, it's so challenging. And Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that you're going to, this is going to be like the onion effect, right? Once you peel back one layer of codependency or whatever we want to call it, I I don't totally know the intricacies of the relationship, but like, you know, the healing journey is often one of, you know, layers of clarity, layers of illumination. I have a feeling that as you move through this journey, you're going to become more and more resolute um, about your patterns of behavior with your sister and her patterns of behavior with you. Um, you're on a good journey. It's a hard journey, but I'm really glad they're here right now. And um, there's a definitely a way you can navigate this with compassion for yourself, um, for your independence, for your capacity for you know, communication and for your sister at the same time. And we're going to get into all of that. um, But first, we have to take a very quick break. (laughs) 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back, Boundaries. Thank you again for writing to us um, and for offering us an insight into what your experience is like sort of navigating this relationship with your sister. Um, and I think I think where I kind of wanted to start is really talking about boundaries and like 
and what boundaries mean. Uh, because I think that there's like a lot of stuff out there and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like there's a lot of like narrative around what boundaries are and what they should look like. And and often we kind of conflate boundaries with this idea of like, I get to tell you what to do, <laughs> right? Like I have a boundary and so you need to stop. And and that's not actually what a boundary is, right? Like a boundary is an internal process that we decide for ourselves around how we're going to react and respond when people do things, right? What are What is the thing that I'm going to do in order to protect my peace? What is the thing that I'm going to do in order to, you know, not feel stressed all the time about how my sister is talking to me or how much my sister is talking to me? And so I think as you're thinking about like, what do boundaries look like? It can be really intimidating if we think about boundaries as like, I need to somehow get this person to stop doing this yeah. thing. Because oh like, yes. whew, that's really hard. Like your sister is not you. <laughs> like You have actually very little control over what your sister does or doesn't or how, she, how often she texts you, whether or not she calls you, right? Like all of that is all up to her. Like she gets to decide. So the question for you is, how do you want to react or respond to what your sister's behavior. And there's like lots of different ways that you could respond in this. And some of it could look like you telling her how this is landing on you and that you want a different relationship with her. It could look like you putting her on silent so that you don't check your phone. You don't see the notification when she texts you so you can decide when you want to respond. It may look like you saying, okay, I'm going to respond to her between the hours of 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. And other than that, that's it, right? Everything else can wait until the next day. But the, the, the setting of the boundaries for you is actually about what you want to do in this situation and not actually like, how do I get my sister to stop texting me so often, right? Like that piece is, is impossible for you to control, but the piece that you can control is what do you want to do knowing that she's probably going to continue to text you a lot, continue to call you a lot? Because that's the that's the pattern that you're currently in. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I The word pattern really does resonate with me because, um, you know, if you've been following along for a while and been <laughs> either listening between the lines or listening to our Patreon episodes where I get a lot more <laughs> explicit because it's behind a paywall. Um, you know, I've had, I've had some changes um, internally in my heart with some of my f- family members, particularly one um, over the last couple of years. And um, so much of that unraveling was allowing myself to see that so much of our dynamic was a call and response, like Mm. dance and not necessarily, you know, in alignment with my actual authentic feelings. Like perfect example is this texting relationship that you're describing. I relate to it so much because the call and response is family member text you so that, so you respond. That's the call and response. They text you and you respond. What's wild is that if we actually pump the brakes and think, I actually have a choice as to whether or Mm. not I respond to this now and that it's not this immediate need that our attachment, that our relationship, that our history tells us that it is, all of a sudden 
literally the ground comes out from under us. You know what I mean? If you start mm-hmm. looking at the patterns of these types of relationships and and realizing that they are just that, that they're just a pattern and that they actually can, they can be different. It's so yep. world altering. Like that's why I led with the onion metaphor, right? Because once you see that you don't have to respond to the text message, not, not that you don't have to respond ever, although you could do that, but like maybe you don't have to respond right away. You know, somebody in my family always asks me for the weather because they do not have an iPhone because they don't have sure. internet. If you catch my drift as to who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and it took me like literally three weeks to be like, I don't have to respond right away if it's not a convenient, you know, there's something about this, the, the the world of the, you know, this time of the internet and immediacy and access that if somebody reaches out to you via email, it's like, oh my God, I have to respond right away. But that's like, it's, that might be what, what capitalism tells you is the most respectful way, but uh-huh. that's not natural to our thought process, to our focus, to our intuition, to our boundaries. Like, Shit, man, we used to have to send like fucking courier pigeons or like a, <laughs> like a man post, on a you know? <laughs> horse to send a message. Like we have lost all sense of patience and that goes both ways in terms of like, we don't give ourselves any patience. So what would it look like if you, like Sam said, uh, I have done this with family members. I have people who I have this sort of tie to this call and response programmed into me, I have had to just, I mute their text message. It's not that I don't respond. Mm -hmm. We're still in relationship with one another. I still respond to their fucking text messages. I just don't see them as a, there's a small, it's like a small road bump on the path to our connection, right? That bump Mm -hmm. disrupts the pattern. That bump you know, I don't see the text then, so it doesn't rule my day. The my uh, What would happen with this person, this family member that I'm talking about, when they would text me, my nervous system would go off because I had been, mm-hmm. it had been so conditioned to be a person, a particular player in this relationship by that person, you know? And so I just felt this knee-jerk reaction that I had to be what this family member needed me to be. And so a simple text message and a simple... The, the decision not to respond to a text message or to leave them waiting would stress my system out, you know, literally like stress out my nervous system. So mm-hmm. I decided to mute them on my phone so that I still get their, they're not blocked, but I don't get the notification that they text me. And that small little road bump gave me something to slow it down, to slow down that nervous system response. And sure remind my remind me that I have the agency over how and when I communicate with this person and that like I can mm. be a cycle breaker that I can be a habit breaker if if not a cycle breaker yeah yeah absolutely um and I, I love that because it's like it's not necessarily like you're like full like I'm not responding yeah. to you ever or like you need to stop texting me it's just like how do I set up ways for myself to remind myself of what my goal is? That is in a, this hundred percent true. And I just want to, uh, before you you jump back in, is you earlier you yeah. said boundaries are an internal process, and I think that's so true because 
my boundary wasn't to not have a relationship with this person. My boundary was to remind myself that I am an independent person outside of this relationship and that I can part I can actively participate in it in the way that I choose, not the way that they orchestrate. And so literally just muting those text messages was a small little like reminder pop up on my phone that was like, you're in charge. You're in charge of how yep. you interact. Yes. It's all internal. That, like, had, literally had no has no impact on that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. And that like you responding to the family member was a choice that you were making, right? right? Yep. Like it didn't feel like you had a choice, but now that you've said like, now that you've offered yourself this like speed bump, you can say like, wait a minute, I do have a choice here. I can, I don't have to respond immediately. I can choose to respond later and they can deal with it. <laughs> like they can find the weather if they need to from someplace else. Right. Like, and I also, I know that like for you, <clears throat> it didn't necessarily feel super constructive to have a conversation with this family member about like what you were doing and why, because it would not be received well. <laughs> and I think that that's like totally legit. And I also want to say to you boundaries that like, I don't know what your relationship with is like with your sister and like how close you are and how capable you both are talking about this type of stuff. But it is a possibility for you to say to, to her, like what your plan is and say all of the things that you said to us, right? Like, I love you. I love communicating with you. I want to continue to be there in your life. And also, I am trying to, you know, not spend as much time responding immediately to the things that you send me. So I'm going to respond absolutely, but it might be a few hours later. So I just want you to know that, right? Or you could even say like the amount of the amount of contact we have with each other every day feels a little overwhelming to me. Can we make an intention to talk on the phone every other day as opposed to texting all the time during the day, right? Like if if you think that she's going to be a a, a co-conspirator in this, right? Like if you think that she's capable of hearing this stuff and working with you towards a solution that feels more holistic love it right like keep do that because like i think it's it's rare to have people in our lives who can hear that kind of stuff and and instead of being like oh my god she hates me instead be like oh yeah i want to be in relationship with you too and i'm hearing this isn't working so like what can we find differently and so like if that's available to you use it right i know that that's really hard and crunchy but like i love that and at the same time if that's not gonna go well <laughs> I think you can also follow Sierra's route here, right? Like you don't have to have a whole conversation about what's going on here, right? You don't, if, if she's like, wait a minute, what, you're not texting me back immediately. What's wrong? You can say, there's nothing wrong. You could say, I'm trying to spend less time staring at my phone. So I am not responding to texts immediately. You can say, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry. I just was busy and I didn't notice that you text. You don't, you don't owe it to her to like tell her everything about your own decisions about how you're going to respond. If you don't think that she's going to handle that information well, you're not lying. All of those things are absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. She might not handle yeah. it well if you don't want to participate in, you know, you could still have that conversation even if she's not going to handle it well. Um, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I love, I literally, you could take a script out of, you know, 18 of the things that Sam just said um, <laughs> and, and put them in text response. Put them in a note, you know, on your phone and just copy and paste them. I, I yeah. also wanted to add, like, I do think this might um, be noticeable to her. It, it might not be. Honestly, like, 
the people in my life that I've pulled away from haven't said anything to me, but they're notoriously emotionally aloof. So, um, (laughs) 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 um, uh, what I, what I was going to add is if there is some tension, um, from the other party, or if you see this coming out in other ways, like it sounds like she has, it sounds like she thinks she knows what's best for your life. Um, and that it, that doesn't just come out via constant texting. Um, Mm -hmm. so maybe another, you know, peel of the onion is going to be you deciding that you no longer want her unsolicited advice or you are going to feel, you know, confident enough to disagree with her or whatever. I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what the dynamic is wholly in this relationship, but you can, you know, write down a couple phrases that express, you know, clear boundaries while being emotionally neutral. That has been really helpful to me. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I appreciate that, but I'm not really interested in feedback or, um, I don't want to discuss that with you. (laughs) That's like very emotionally Mm -hmm. neutral if you think about it. Like, oh, I really appreciate you, um, your concern. I, or what did you, recently, you reminded me of a phrase, Sam, maybe it was on a Patreon where it's like, um, that sounds like it will work for you. Isn't your friend said that recently or something like that? Yeah. It was on a Patreon episode. It was like last week where we talked about, you know, really sitting with the understanding that like, we don't know what's best for other people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, yeah, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I was complaining about a coworker and, and I was like, I just wish that they would do it this way. And she was like, that way sounds like it would work really well for you, but it, it's not going to work super well <laughs> that for that person. And I was like, but that's a perfect that. phrase yeah, to that's be absolutely like, true. I think that, you know, <laughs> if, if she's offering advice that is unsolicited or, or, or overstepping or whatever it is, you can say, um, yeah, that would probably work for you. I don't know if it will work for me. You know, there's, it's, mm, it's like a variation of the, yep. it's a variation of the cheerful and stupid. It's not that you're ignoring her. It's not that you're picking a fight or, in, you know, instigating anything. It's just simply you deciding that you have agency and you can say something clearly and with boundaries, internal boundaries, you know, um, while being emotionally neutral or, or, or considerate, you know what I mean? I think that we think of those boundaries, like you, you set it up so perfectly earlier that like we think of them as changing the way people act around us or really hard, firm things like, nope, you can't do that. You know, it's more about how am I going to respond when, when this family in un, inevitably um, oversteps their, their, their reach on my life, when they, when they make, when that parent makes the comment about your child's clothing or when your, you know, sibling um, makes the comment about how you spend your time on your phone, you know, you can say, well, that it works for you, but this doesn't work for me. Boundaries are so much about creating that agency for yourself within yourself. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can say, uh, I appreciate how much you care and I'm going to make my own decision. Yeah. Right. Like all of that, like, like Sierra said, I think the important thing is to recognize that like, you're not being like, Oh my God, you're a terrible person for giving me advice. Right. (laughs) Like it's, it's more like I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And also 
I get to decide because I am an independent person who gets to make decisions about what I'm going to do in, in my life. And yeah. that may be really rough for Period. her to hear. Absolutely. Um, and then if it is like, then you can make some more decisions about how you're going to respond in the future. Right. Like if she, if she flies off the handle because you said that then, right. Like then maybe you don't respond at all to the advice that she's giving you. Right. Or maybe you just say, okay, and move on. Right. Like, there's lots of different ways that you can respond to it. But again, it's about your response, not necessarily about changing her behavior. And you could also, right. again, like if she is able to hear this, you can say, it's really hard for me when you give me this advice on things that I'm trying to figure out for myself. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't do that anymore, right? Like right. you can say that. But again, if she's not going to change her behavior, then you have to decide how you're going to respond to right. it. Right, right, exactly. All right, my darling, we hope that this helps. I know there's, you know, a lot of like, well-laid paths here in your relationship, but you have agency in this um, and you have every right to not respond to a text message immediately all the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love you so much. We hope this helps. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship beam, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakup at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things from our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast. And remember, having boundaries is an internal process. It is a gift that you give yourself to remind you that you are safe, that you are a safe haven for yourself, an advocate for yourself, and you have agency and the ability to do things differently. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>